Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, Mandy here. Or Mandra. You can call me Mandra. That's fine. I have a simple request for you guys. We get so many questions on how you can support the show. And there's really a very, very simple thing that we need you guys to do. Open up this app, open up wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and subscribe if you have the ability, especially those of you who are on iTunes. We're really making a push to get the show more visible. You've seen that we've partnered with a fabulous new network called Westwood One, but we also need the support of our listeners. So if you are a listener, a loyal listener, please subscribe. And if you haven't yet, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And even a written review would be the icing on the cake, but at least subscribe, leave us a five-star review and continue to support the show. This is so, so crucial. It is basically how we tell the internet that our podcast is worth promoting and featuring and getting charted. And we deserve to be at the top of the charts, just like any other show out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, and review the show. And we thank you so much. Hey, I'm sick of black trauma. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, bye. I know. <laughs> Listen, uh, last week was rough. It was. And I'm not going to lie. I really don't even want to like, you know, because every podcast of my faves that I've listened to, I kind of skipped like this past week because I was like, yeah, although I appreciate because obviously you don't want to pretend like nothing is happening. I just, my, my soul is weary. I, I agree with you. And honestly, let I want people, I want other people besides black people talking about it. Let, yes. let, let someone else be outraged for a while and in pain. I don't want to sit here and I, I know we could just, we could spend hours talking about the same thing that has been a reality for so long. You know, it's not like anything new. So I'm with you. I'm with you. My heart goes out to the families who have lost their loved ones senselessly because because of racism um, mm-hmm. in this country, I um, my heart also goes out to everybody who everybody black, everybody black like you and I who mm-hmm. have to find a way to deal with that trauma, carry that pain with us through our days to our day to day, and just say, like for me, the key has been one hour at a time, like hour, one hour at a time, because I'll have mm-hmm. a good hour and then a bad hour. Um, but some things that have been giving me life and joy lately has been I redid my Zen Den. I know it was so cute because me and Manda, Manda just taped something earlier. I was like, I had to, I literally yeah. thought it was so cute. Maybe I thought it was one of those fake backgrounds like on, on Zoom. I'm like, is that a fake background? 
Oh, thanks. It's just a giant curtain that's covering up stacks and stacks of shelves with junk on them. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm i just down here so much and I just moved all the furniture around and I'm trying to make a zenier and I'm thinking I want like a little rock garden or something. But I truly have, ooh, ooh, and I got a moon pod. Don't judge me. Have you What's seen a moon, moon pod? pod? Mm-hmm. You might have seen it on Instagram as I did. So, and I blame Stacy for this. Stacy, who does my <laughs> hair, it's all Stacy's fault. She, because ha- I was talking about I need a place to nap. So I, as you guys know, I sort of I, I redid my I didn't redo I zhuzhed up the basement and I turned it into my home office, which I'm calling the Zen Den because I don't just want a desk. I wanted I put my Peloton down here. I put a yoga mat. I wanted to have a space, a door to close for the first time in nearly a year in the pandemic, just to become like myself again. You know, just to like this is where I come down to invest in Mandy. You know, what does Mama Mandy need? She needs time to work and feel good about that. She needs to sweat on the Peloton. She needs to stretch. What Whatever I need. So I realized I need a nap spot just to, you know, in between meetings or whatever, just take a sweet little nap without having to go upstairs. Because when I go upstairs, the problem is that I can't avoid the baby. He's in the house, like he's everywhere. And he knows the sound of my footsteps on the basement staircase. So he comes running. This isn't a very big house and he's not at daycare yet. So yeah, so I decided I'm going to like put, I was like, maybe I should get a little chaise lounge or just honestly an air mattress or something. And then Stacy was like, have you seen this moon pod? And all I can say is that it, it is a grown up um, beanbag chair. And I'm it is it girl right now. the I'm best thing. It is so, it's so nice. I'm going to take a picture. It looks kind of ridiculous, but it's so comfy. I took a I took a delicious nap yesterday in my moon pod. I got a weighted blanket and I am investing in my my nap time. Ooh, so this looks very, very comfy. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, moon pod. Okay. There's like sciencey things about why it's so good, but it's really good. <laughs> and when you when you do that, the combination with the moon pod where you're feeling weightless and then you add the weighted blanket, which mm. just is like someone just hugging you, but like who doesn't smell bad because they haven't showered lately, <laughs> you know, or like their body heat is not like becoming too hot. It's like a great experience with the weighted blanket. Mm. I recommend it. Yeah. So I will say this. I had a really, really, really good, and this is for, because you know, when I've been having these good talks with Dr. Green and she gathers me all the way together and then I pass it on to you so she can gather you together too. Since I'm paying for it, we might as well all benefit. So, (laughs) (laughs) so something that Dr. Green shared with me, it was like so good. I was like, okay, so for those of you who are like me and Mandy who team too much, you know, we'd be doing a lot. And sometimes we do so much that we're like, okay, sis, it's okay to rest. She said to me, because I told her, I'm like, okay, the book, you know, it made New York Times bestseller, second week in a row, blah, blah, blah. I was naming all these things like, okay, okay. She said, okay, then we can agree your magic wand is working. I said, say what now? She said, your magic wand is working. You have manifested enough times to see that your magic wand is working. She just means that like, and this is for you who is listening, who does the most, who doesn't break, doesn't rest. I'm looking at the mirror, so I'm not judging you. But I'm talking to you, sis, the one who's looking at the, looking at like um, whatever contraption that you're listening to the podcast on. And you're looking like, oh, she's trying to read me. I'm reading you. Your magic wand is working. You don't have to go so hard. You don't have to go so long. You don't have to do as much as you've been doing. You can actually put your magic wand down and enjoy a little life a little bit more. And guess what? It likely will recharge and work even better. And she was like, you have manifested this life that you're living now. Say it out loud with me. The seeds I plant grow. The seeds I plant grow. 
So you want to be even more mindful of the seeds that you're planting. You want to garden intentionally. You know, you're not picking random fruit. You're picking the fruit from the seeds that you've planted. And so if you're wanting to pick different fruit, then you have to make space in your garden for something differently. And so I convinced myself that like, more, 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 harder, 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 you can do it, you can do it. It's like, no, sis, you don't have to go so hard. You're planting the right seeds. You're picking that fruit. But if you're wanting rest and relaxation and more harmony, then you have to plant those seeds as well. Your magic wand is working. And I just felt red for filth. So I figured, you know, I'd read you for <laughs> filth as well. So there you go. I don't Courtesy like of Dr. For, Green. Uh, thank you, Dr. Green. Um, I don't think that was red for filth. I just feel like that's, it's, how do you, I mean, you must feel like it's permission. It's yes. permission to... Yes. It's permission to trust yourself and it's yes. like getting to a place yes. where you trust. It's, oh my it is. I love, I love that garden metaphor because yes. it's true. You know, you can only harvest so much and yes. you can only use the earth so, so much before it doesn't yield any new deplete. fruit. You yes. have you deplete. you deplete it. It's like yes. over, it's like over harvesting can actually diminish future crops. So you have to tend to it and then mm -hmm. you, you harvest what you can use it the best that you can. And you try and store some away for winter. Okay, I'm doing this whole metaphor No, thing. and you said and the, then you, you said the perfect word. She said trust. That I have been yeah. using my magic wand as if I don't trust that it works because I have overworked around it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, sis, you don't need to do all of that. That it was a lack of trust. And she's like, can you trust yourself, Tiffany, that you're going to be the bomb.com without having to do so much? Like, girl, you got it. You don't have to do all this to to, to shine. Like, you know, you, you, so it was just like, yeah. So now when I say red for film, I didn't feel offended. It was perfect because to your point, Mandy, I needed the permission to be like, it's okay to sit down, girl. It's not going to go away. You yeah. can trust it's going to be here. You put the work in, it's going to be here. Your Wanda's like, take a take a break, baby. Girl, like, Wanda's I, I like, this. sis, you're exhausting <laughs> me in my elderly age. For those who don't know, Wanda is my 80-year-old self. That's what I call her. Wanda's like, girl, I'm tired. Look at you. <laughs> you are wearing that body out, sis. We need it for now. So, <laughs> so it was Can just we? like, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Can we actually listen to a voicemail that we got from a listener? I, I know we were going to do it during questions, but no, I kind of feel it. like this is the perfect time to play that voicemail. Sarah, do you have that queued up? I am uh, Danae from Manhattan, and I'm listening to your show on April 16th. And I just want to let you know, I want to thank you for letting me know that I shouldn't feel guilty for not being career ambitious in my career while because I'm working from home, raising children, and dealing with corona. Um, I'm just mentally wiped out, and I just don't have the goal or the ambition anymore to be the best employee. So thank you. Um, I can hear him in his voice. I think he yes. said Benet or Renee, but I can hear the exhaustion. And if that's what you needed to give yourself permission to rest and recharge, take it. Yes, take it. You don't have to keep go, go, going. Isn't that the perfect kind of to supplement and complement what you had said, Tiffany? It's sort of... Like he just sounds run down and like he mm -hmm. needs time to recharge and he's acknowledging that. Yeah. No, honestly, I'm glad that you got that permission. It's hard. Sometimes you need to hear people say it because you're like, I'm not giving my my quote unquote best anyway, but it is. This is what you have to give. So that is your best. And so, yeah, sometimes you just need permission to not work so much. And sometimes we need permission to be okay, not, you know, to be exactly where we are. And so- 
Yes, I'm glad that. That you're enough. Yes. That the work you did today was enough. Mm-hmm. I think if we can talk about my therapist, Dr. Lauren. So one of the things early in the pandemic that I had to learn was to, I was constantly, even when I was on maternity leave, it was, I don't feel productive. All I did was, you know, breastfeed a hundred times a day and, you know, bounce on the yoga ball until the baby fell asleep. And I had a cup of coffee and that's like, that was my entire day. And she said, that is enough. She said, that is enough. You were productive. That was the job that you had to do. And we need to like, we need to celebrate this, the quiet work, this, I don't know. I, I don't want to call it small, but you know what I mean? Like the little tasks, the little jobs that we do. Cause some days, especially um, during the, the the last week that we just had, some days it is all you can do to put one foot in front of another, sit in front of the desk, answer the damn emails, talk to the boss, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, do the work or, you know, just sit down and, and be there present for your children. It's, that is enough. And certainly don't kill yourself trying to do what you think you should be doing on top of that, because some days you just need to be a at peace with what you have done and tell yourself that you're enough. And Tiff, what was that mantra? Something about a seed? That that the seeds I plant grow. And I'm yeah. going to be mindful of the seeds that I plant and garden intentionally. The seeds that I plant grow, so I will garden intentionally. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need to like home. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just feel like, you know what I really love is that like, you know, one of the things that Mandy and I really try to do, we're not here to show up perfectly, but we're here to show up fully, you know, like to admit we're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not working. It's not good because I don't want to pretend like everything is okay because I think that's not just detrimental to y'all who are listening, but detrimental to me and to Mandy Mm -hmm. if you don't show up fully and truly, because I want you to see like, I don't care how great it looks from the outside. Sometimes it's a hot mess and people struggle no matter what stage or what phase they are in life. And sometimes you're you're actually your most calm and zen when you are your least outwardly successful, you know? And so all of that, you get to see like what it all looks like, like the truth of all that it looks like with where we are. And I just, and you get to see like our growth. I feel like, I'm sure if you were to listen to me from like a year ago, I sound way more stressed or way less connected, but I'm feeling so much better. And even though like the the launch took a lot out of me, like I'm reassessing like, you know, what next steps look like. And I feel more in control that I don't have to do all the things. And like, I'm actually seeing things differently. Like, oh, I can do those five projects without doing those five projects. Let me call Taylor. Mm-hmm. Let me call this person. Let me call that person. They, they can do those projects for me under the budgetista. So I'm even learning how to navigate differently. I used to think, Mandy, that whenever I had a new project, I used to be like, oh, gosh. Because in my mind, I was thinking about all the work I had to do. And it's like, why? Why can't, like, Taylor writes great courses. Like, I want to do a course for Get Good With Money. And I'm like, why do I have to write that course? The book is written. You did that. Give Taylor the book and say, make a course based upon this. Taylor's one of my um, course writers. And I was just like, oh, yeah, duh. You know, like everything Delegate. is- Yes. And so I just feel like hopefully that you get to hear us the ups, the downs, the side to side and and see that growth is is is, is a journey that you never you never finish with. Um, and yeah, and that to give yourself okay. the space and the grace. 
Space and the grace. I love that. Can I make a quick confession? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of showing showing up fully, I actually gave a presentation um, a week or two ago, and it was like five steps to use technology to save smarter. And at the, you know, this wasn't necessarily a technology hack, but for me, the most important step in there was to recalibrate. So once you celebrate your wins, recalibrate. And by that, I meant, you know, not treating whatever it is, your budget or your financial plan as one and done, like a rigid set of guidelines that you're just going to beat yourself up against forever. Because as we've learned the past year, like income can change, you know, your health can change, your, your circumstances where you live can change so quickly. And I think that people should give themselves grace when it comes to their financial plan as well and to bake that into your process. And it was something that as I was writing it for that talk, I realized I had not done that. Like I had not looked at, so my income, um, my income did increase significantly this past year just because of some career choices I made. And I, I hadn't really reassessed how I was saving and spending. And I started to get really stressed out about it. Like there was a Friday not long ago where I was like, wait a second, where is that, where, where's it all going? You know, are we, what, what, what are we doing with it? Are we investing? Like, where is it? And I had just lost track. I had, I finally sat down, you know, after I wrote that line in my presentation, because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And I was like, okay, I'm going to recalibrate. Like, what is happening? You know, our income has increased. So what are, what, what are we doing? And for me, it was, it was sitting down and just methodically going through the different accounts and seeing like what is going out, what is coming in. And it was so, it was so, for me, it almost like gave myself permission to acknowledge that I had kind of lost track of my financial, I don't know what you want to call it, like framework or plan. And just to kind of get a gut check, like, where am I at? And it turned out I had all these automatic transfers. I was contributing twice to this brokerage account. And I had, you know, doubled up on some kind of contribution to a um, a, uh, a savings fund for my son. And it was good, but it was also kind of sloppy and messy. And so I got everything cleaned up. I made new, more ambitious goals as far as saving and investing. And I just wanted to say that because even myself, you know, having done this for so long, even I sometimes forget to recalibrate and look at how my situation has changed and sit down and just go back to that, that old B word, the budget. Um, and I just wanted to, to remind y'all it's been a really hell of, it's been a hell of a year. And if you guys need that, like sit down, look at how the financials are doing and see if your goals that you made, you know, when you started your budget still align with where you are today. And if not, then just, just change them. Like you can change them. You're the boss. You can change them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That was really inspiring, Tiffany. No, Thank I'm just you. listening. I'm just like reflecting. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like one of those, like, woosah, like, <sighs> it just feels good to let go. And if, if 2020, 2020 has taught me nothing else that help, asking for help, asking for help, asking for help, like, do not go it alone. What might have taken me three years to figure out will take me three months with help. That is critically, and help meaning like it might be therapy, it might be coaching, it might be reaching out to your team. It might be asking your sister to babysit. Like, do not go this life alone. If you have the ability, please ask for help. Amen, sister friend. Speaking of asking for help, should we take a quick break? Perfect and then transition. <laughs> I'm really good on my segues today. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to answer your questions. 
Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology, it's going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. All right, we are back to answer your questions. Again, y'all can leave us a voicemail like our listener Renee did earlier. Hit us up, 844-858-8080. Leave us a voicemail. Try and keep it brief. Um, if you if you feel a little wordy, you might still want to reach out to us via email, or you can always DM us at Brown Ambition Podcast on Insta or at or sorry, our email is brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com if you're feeling a little wordy, but we'd love to hear from you. It's nice to hear y'all's voices. 844-858-8080. All right, let's dig in, let's dig into that voicemail, Sarah. What do we have? Hi ladies. I have a quick question about employee stock purchase plans. So my company allows us to buy stock at a 15% discount through payroll deductions. I'm seeing conflicting information online. Do you feel like the best um, way to capitalize is by immediately selling the stock to get that 15% discount or holding on to it for the long term to get the tax advantage? Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for your question. Employee stock purchase plan. So this is actually uh, a great benefit that some companies offer. And basically, it's and if you have a publicly traded company, they may offer you a 10 or 15% discount on that stock, which if you take advantage of that, I mean, who wouldn't want a 10 or 15% discount on a stock today? Like that actually, I mean, you're, you're lucky if you make 10 to 15% on a stock over a year, you know, so it, it can be a good benefit. Now, the, the pros and cons of holding on to it or selling it right away, I'm not surprised that you found conflicting information. I wouldn't call it conflicting. I would just say it's one of those questions where it's like there is no exact right or wrong answer. 
And to remind you guys, like, I'm not an investment expert. I'm not your financial planner. I'm just Tiffany and I are just your financial girlfriends, just here telling you what's worked for us. So for me, I sometimes get a little, I'm a, I'm more on a weary of holding a lot of stock in a company that already pays my bills. I would much rather invest outside of my company stock. For example, at a, a anytime I was granted stock through restricted stock units in the past, so this is a little bit of a different way that companies can give you stock. So restricted stock units is just, we're going to give you stock in the company, you know, but we're not going to give it to you right away. You got to work here for a year and you got to work here for another year to get the, you know, the next batch and the year after that to get the next batch. So it's like an incentive to stick around. I always sold those things lickety split immediately, no matter what the stock had done, I treated it like a free cash bonus and I sold it. That worked for me because I personally didn't want to have a lot of money tied up in one single stock, let alone a stock that, like, they already have my paycheck and my income. Like, if if, if they crash, I could lose, what, my stock value and my job? Like, that for me was too much to risk. So that's why I sold it immediately. Now, where you're talking about tax implications is if you sell it and then you pocket the um, you pocket your proceeds. So that is where you need to think about the tax implication. If you decide to sell it, you know, that could end up working in your in, in your favor if you, you know, make a certain amount of money on it. Um, but you have to also weigh the cost of short-term in uh, short-term tax on 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 that sell on selling that stock. So um I would say talk it through with whether it's an accountant or your financial planner, and just see if it's worth the amount that you're paying in taxes. For a lot of people, like for example, back in January, Tiff, when everyone was buying, not everyone, but a lot of people were buying GameStop and what was it, like AMC, there were, you know, I think I even had tweeted, you know, be careful because if you purchase GameStop, you know, in December and then the stock, I don't even know how much, like quadruple or 10x. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of months later, and you sold to profit off of that. You also had a tax mm-hmm. had a tax hit because you get taxed more when you hold the investment for a shorter period of time. And a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Yeah, we know. Like, don't dis- you shouldn't discourage people from investing just because of the tax implication. Like, you can still make a lot more money even after paying taxes. And that's true. That's why I'm saying like, if you want to sell to to get that benefit because you bought the stock at a discount, cool." But then also ask your financial planner or CPA or whoever, you know, what would my tax implication be and and would it be worth it? Nothing is stopping you from selling that stock like I did and then using it. I didn't sell it to cash the profit. I went, turned around and bought index funds or ETFs with it. So I instantly diversified what would have been all the money tied up in one stock by investing in an index fund or ETF, which is how you can, you know, be exposed to multiple stocks, not just one. So that's personally what I did. Um, and again, I'm sure it was like a bunch of conflicting information on that one answer. But yeah, there's really, there's really no one mm-hmm. right answer. It's like a combination of what makes sense financially and then what helps you, what's the kind of decision that you can sleep with that night. And that's something you have to come to on your own. That was good. I was like, mm-hmm, that's your, this is, I feel like when it comes to employee, like, <laughs> But I will say, can I buy some shares of Budget Nista Inc.? (laughs) Not yet, but I will say we are switching so many of our 1099 um, contract workers as to W two employees at the end of this month. So I'm super excited about half the team is making the switch. Well, more than half the team is making the switch. We're offering 
our 401k, a 401k plan. I'm looking into matching, and we're also offering mm. um, health insurance that includes vision and dental. I so I feel like such a grown up in business. Isn't that great, dude? You're really like a startup that has now gone, has just reached like all the things you're talking about, learning how to delegate and like mm-hmm. doing all the things in the beginning. It just sounds a lot like. You were a startup, and now you're a big business, you know? We a business now. Well, I don't know about big business, but we a business business. <laughs> you a business business. That's awesome. So, so, no, all of that, honestly, just thinking about that, I'm like, huh, I wonder, you know, if we ever do, you know, do stock, like, what does that look like? So, like, this has just all been interesting. No, but that was good. I mean, imagine if, like, a big bank purchased a budget needs to ink, and then you had, I'm just saying, that's what happens with startups, you know? Like, you're still a startup. I'm not saying that you would sell. Like, Tiffany, don't sell out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you see this happen. And, and I have friends who have, like, worked at, well, I'm making this up. But let's say they started working day one at Peloton. And, you know, they'll sometimes offer you... I don't know what they're called, but they'll give you stock without calling it stock. It's like a certain class of shares mm-hmm. because they haven't gone public yet or no yep, one, I have that. you know what I mean? And then you kind of can see, at least then you have some ownership. Like if they were to sell, you have something. Um, so that's kind of an exciting, that's kind of an exciting step for a budget needs to, if you it's do it. Easy, it is. <laughs> but first, like vision insurance, that's great. <laughs> People need to get their glasses and stuff. Um, that's exciting though. All right. And for our final question, this one comes from the gram. All right. This says, hi, ladies. I'd like to buy a home in 2025 or 2026. Is it smart to place home savings in an investment account starting now or a high interest savings account? I have my six-month emergency fund saved and I'm currently paying down some consumer debt. Good question. So, 2025, so this is, 2026. So you have, what's that? How many years is that? Four years. Four or five years? timeline yeah a five-year timeline actually is not because usually people will tell you that like kind of like the rule of thumb is if you're investing you want to at least leave it alone for five years so if I had five years I probably wouldn't just keep it in the, I wouldn't I wouldn't put all in an investment account but I wouldn't put all in the savings I probably would do like some sort of half and half because five years is just about the cusp of what you're looking for when you're you're when you're thinking about Investing, because what I don't want you to do is not to have the money readily available, but then I don't want you to miss out on potentially earning more than you with a savings account. Yeah. I mean, she says she's got six months of emergency funds saved and she is paying down some consumer debt. And maybe, I mean, the consumer debt, like, I don't know how much it is. I don't know. I can't even say whether it sounds like it's a lot or not, but let's assume it's not very much. Let's assume that she can pay it off maybe the next few months. I, you can do a hybrid. I mean, if five years is about the, yeah, it's, it's about like, ah, is that a short-term or a long-term investment? And then what I would say is investing in the market can be a, can mean a, a bunch of different things. So if you're looking to invest in something that could potentially give you a, you know, a good return on investment, but not make you overexposed to any one single stock, I would say, you know, choose ETFs or even opening up a brokerage account that has, like, for example, I opened up a brokerage account recently and there was a uh, a certain fund, you know, based on time horizon and based on risk tolerance. Those are just fancy words for how much time do you have to invest for and then how stressed out are you going to be if the market goes down and goes up. So based on those answers, I was directed to a specific kind of fund and it instantly diversifies, you know, put money in and it spreads it across several ETFs. 
and that, you know, worked for what I wanted. So you could look at options like that to help you, you know, make sure that you're investing, you know, putting your money for your home down payment somewhere that um, you're broadly diversified over the next four years. So four or five years. So one company goes down, it doesn't like take your whole down payment with it. So I would just say acknowledge the risks of that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the biggest difference between a savings account at an FDIC insured bank and an investment account is that it's FDIC insurance. It's a beautiful thing, baby. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. It means if <laughs> if the banks collapse, then the federal government insures the money in your account by up to $250,000, I think. And you don't have that when you're investing. So you have to sort of assume the risk of what happens when you invest in a hundred percent, you know, consult a professional if you'd like to and do your own due diligence because you really have to make the the best choice for for yourself. Isn't it crazy though, the housing market? Like I've heard stories about, especially in like I have a lot of um, colleagues who live in Charlotte and dozens of offers on the same home. And basically for the for the typical first time home buyer, you know, maybe you have 10, 20% saved aside um, for a down payment. Like maybe you're looking at a FHA loan or something like that. It's really hard to mm-hmm. um, even find a home that's affordable because like you may look at a home and say, oh, that's 400,000. That's I have $80,000 cash for a down payment. Great. But then there's a bidding war and all of a sudden the house is 600,000 and you don't have 120,000, you know, and, and it's, it's just way out of your price range so fast. So I just feel like but honestly, this is what I'll say. I remember right before the last recession how home prices were astronomical and people were scrambling to get homes. And I just want to tell people, like, this is artificially high. You have to ask yourself, how does a home go from 200 to 400 I, I just, I caution people from rushing to get anything, just something, just anything. I get it because I've been there when I'm like, I just want anything, just something. And I did that. And guess what? The house that I bought when I was 25 has never reached back up to the 220 that I bought it for. It's been almost, it's been over 20 years. Wait, wait, no. It's been over 15 years. Do you internet <laughs> stock your ex condo? I do. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> because I want to justify one day it would have been worth it. It's still to this day. <laughs> Mandy, the highest it's gotten is 180. I bought it for 220. So I don't want you to get something at this height of this artificial market just to have something only five years from now to find that you are you are underwater, which means that your mortgage is actually more than what you could sell the house for. So sometimes yeah. the blessing is that you didn't get it. You know, like I'm not purchasing. Yeah. I had set aside a, a bunch of money to buy some homes. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'd much rather put my investment towards something where there's going to be a yield. Where why would I buy an inflated house just for five years from now for it to go back to the value where it's supposed to be? And I've lost money. So just be mindful about getting a house just to get a house just to get a house. Amen to that. Absolutely. And I like the fact that it sounds like she's cooling her jets until 2025. Yes. People may not want to hear that, but if 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 you're I like, I mean, Tiffany, it sounds like you had sort of a budget in mind for what you wanted to spend, where you wanted to spend it. And if if things were getting too out of control and you're having to stretch yourself to, you know, to a point where you're really financially uncomfortable, then just sit, just sit down. Markets go up and down. That applies to the housing market as well. It may take a year or two because the housing market moves very slowly sometimes, but hopefully we'll come back to a, a realm of normalcy in the next couple of years in the housing market. 
But definitely don't just buy to buy. That's yeah. Dumb. Yes. I mean, it's you know, it's fine, but it's it's not necessarily the best way to. Yes, I don't want you to end up like me stalking my old condo. Like one day you'll be worth what I paid for. <laughs> the condo's like never, never. That is like going back and stalking your ex. It's so funny. I know. All right. Waiting well, for your ex to live a bad life. And they're like, girl, I'm out here flourishing. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all so much for your questions. Let's take a quick break and come back with Brown Boost Brown Break. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now it's time to booster break or booster break or boosty breaky. What are you going to do, man? Are you going to boost or are you going to break? I'm going to boost today. I I actually came across this news article. A colleague has sent it to me today. And even though it's from October, I hadn't read this. Maybe because I was still in the, the haze of pandemonium. But I hadn't read this, this research that had come out. And um, this phenomenal economist named Dana Peterson, black woman, she had worked for Citibank for a long time. Now she's a chief economist at a company called the Conference Board. But Dana decided last year that she was actually going to put a number on the cost of systemic racism to a society, to America. 
like how much has the economy missed out on because if you're black and brown in this country, your home, your home is worth less because you earn less over time because you don't get, you know, a certain salary, all, all those, all those different factors. And the number that, I don't know if this is a boost or a break. I think it's a boost for Dana because she took her own experiences. This article in Bloomberg, we'll, we'll put a link to in the show notes. She took her own experience encountering racism as she worked up, you know, worked her way through financial services and decided to actually quantify it. And the number that she came up with is kind of insane. But racism has cost America $16 trillion. Mm. $16 trillion with a T dollars. Okay. That could have paid for 16 stimulus plans, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like economic relief packages. So I just wanted to highlight that and say thanks to Dana. Um, In this article, she also just shares like a bunch of anecdotes about how she had encountered um, bias herself and how she decided to tackle this question and use her skills as an economist and researcher and bless her for that to use those skills to actually give people to help people see that when we talk about wealth building for black and brown people, it's not just costing us, you know, it's not just costing our children wealth. It's also costing the country wealth. Because when you don't, when everyone is not succeeding and everyone's not successful and thriving financially, it actually hurts the economy, you know? They have more people who are unable to spend, which drives business, right? So if if we really want to to improve the economy, we should all treat financial equity as a real urgent need and an urgent call to action. And so I love this this little piece of research. So shout out to Dana. And uh, yeah, we'll post a link to that in the show notes. Thank you, Dana. I am going to boost as well. So everybody's favorite financial fairy godmother, Lynette. Um, so Forbes women reached out to me, I don't know, some months ago and asked me, um, it was this uh, thing that I did called The One. And it was supposed to be about who was like the one person in your professional life that like made all the difference, you know? And of course, I was like, mm, that's easy, Lynette. Um, and so I talked about how as a result of like meeting Lynette so many years ago, I don't even know, it was probably like about 10 years ago. You can go on, um, if you go on Forbes, it's just, it's called How the Budget Needs to Save People Millions with Help from an Unexpected Mentor. And it's just really nice. It's just this six minute video that came to my house. They recorded me kind of just talking about how when I first met Lynette, how, I made a mistake in how I treated her. Not, not Nothing disrespectful, but like it was embarrassing now that I look back on it. Not for Lynette, but for me. And how she poured so much um, into me in that first car ride. And how to this day, it really helped to catapult me to where I am now. And all the things that she used to share and tell me are where I am now. And uh, the thing about Lynette Kalfani Cox, if you're not familiar, she's one of the first Black financial educators, women, to be seen publicly. I mean, Good Morning America, Today Show, all the shows, Lynette did it before everybody. And not only just that, she's just like the kindest. Like, honestly, I, you know, I told my story and I posted it in our in our Black Money group, Mandy, and like the comments were just filled like about Lynette's stories. And one time she helped me and one time she did this and what, mm-hmm. and that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to be a Lynette. I told the story on um, social media the other day about how, One of my other mentors shared how she had made a mistake when she had a mentor 
because she thought she and the mentor were neck and neck at one point because they had been on the same stages, but not understanding that you could be on the same stage at different levels. Mm-hmm. And how she learned very quickly that although she was a light pole, it seemed taller than her mentor, but her mentor was a tree and had deep roots. And when her foundation was shaken, her light pole fell and the mentor's tree remained. And it quickly humbled her to realize that, Nasis, don't compare your, your instant flash with someone's years and years and years of work. And I could never hold a candle to Lynette. Like what she's able to do, how she's been able to help folks. I mean, I, Lynette is to me the ultimate goals, how she shows up as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, as a mentor, as a financial educator. Lynette, been a, been a New York Times bestseller and just the humblest and kindest. And just, I just wanted to say all that to like her Lynette. Earl. I know. She's, yeah, her Earl. I love her Earl. She's just, she's, she's goals. And when I look at Lynette, that's what I, I hope to grow too. Um, so yeah, that was just it. I just wanted to share that. I just shout out to Forbes and especially Forbes women for giving me the opportunity to, to brag on my mentor and to, um, I didn't even say share her with the world cause she's already been shared many, many times, but to share at least my personal story with her, with the world. Oh, I love that. I love Lynette. I feel like she's the Tom Hanks of Brown Ambition. Like Tom Hanks is like the most frequent, or is it Alec Baldwin? I don't know, on SNL. But Lynette has been on the show at least three times, I want to say. Most recently to talk about how she and her hubby Earl are creating a real estate investing empire just across all these United States. Mm -hmm. So check it. We'll, we'll, I don't remember what the episode is, but I'm sure we can figure it out and and post that in the show notes if you want to go back and, and get your fix of Lynette. The Money Coach. Ask the Money Coach. It's mm-hmm. her website, I think. Yes, she's awesome. That? All right. Well, that is the show. Can't wait to see y'all next week. Get Thanks. some rest. Go plant some seeds or something. Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>